Uh, hey guys, it's live on tape from Parvin State Park. We are live, uh, where are we again? Parvin State Park. Par- Parvin's is, with an apostrophe. Yeah, but you, you do actually pronounce the P in Parvin. Yes, you don't want to yes. pop the P. Like Pfizer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyhow, uh, yeah, we've got an uh, amazing uh, guest here today. Uh, I've been uh, really excited to actually bring my old pal, Jerry. Jerry Bennett. Now, Hello. I, I know this could be... Very um, confusing. Confusing, because... so so. <laughs> Jer- can I, can I actually, I've never called you Gerald, but, but, but how about Doctor or something? We need to like let the audience know that there are actually two Jerry's. Two Jerry's, yeah. Live. Uh, Gerald. Gerald. Gerald sounds. Gerald sounds very formal. <laughs> Gerald. Two Jerry's. Two we should Jerry's. have like a used car dealership. Yes. I'm Jerry. <laughs> no, I'm Jerry. No, Mind I'm, if I call you Jerry? I'm Jerry number one. No. Yeah, really. Um, but yeah, bring it all back home. You know, a podcast about photography, uh, gear, South Jersey. And, uh, and I would just love to explore, you know, getting to know, um, for people that don't know a lot about, um, where it all started for you, I figured that'd be a good place to start. All right. Um, yeah. So I kind of suck at beginnings. Um, (laughs) basically, you know, I got interested in photography, I think almost as a, uh, cheaper replacement because what I was really into was film, you know, like I, I, I wanted to be Kubrick or something. Um, but yeah, you know, we were poor, so my mom couldn't afford to get me movie cameras and stuff. So she got me a 35 millimeter uh, photography camera, still camera, and that's what I started with. And uh, I quickly learned that I could use that to get hall passes in high school to get out of class. And I really hated sitting in classrooms, so I shot as much stuff as I could then to uh, be allowed to run the halls. That's basically how it started. But of course, over time. I, you know, occasionally took a decent picture and started actually enjoying what I saw. So actually, you know what? I just realized something. I actually have a story. Um, So me and my best friend from high school, Tom, wound up uh, taking a camping trip. And I, of course, brought my camera with me. And we hiked up to the top of this mountain. I think it's supposed to be the tallest mountain in New Jersey, which means it's like 150 feet tall. (laughs) Just kidding. But, um... We we uh, camped out at the bottom of the mountain overnight, and uh, the next morning with you know dawn and everything, we packed up and we followed the trail to the top of the mountain. And uh, the sun was you know basically still coming up by the time we got there. We started I guess when it was still dark, and uh, we get to the top, and the mountains are all it's like all foggy and it's all mist and the sun's coming up and the mountains actually kind of look like waves to me i just remember sitting there at the top of this mountain going they don't even look like mountains they're like waves and taking pictures and color pictures and when i got them back that's what they looked like and i was just like whoa this photography thing could be cool so it was years and years and years more before i think i took another photograph i liked as much as that one but that was the the bug yeah and uh, so, so again, like, what, if you don't mind, do you remember which camera it was? What was your, one of your first cameras? Uh, I'm probably totally mispronouncing this, but uh, Shinon. Oh, really? Yeah, Shinon, yeah, 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 Shinon. yeah. We were, yeah, Shinon. Shinon. Yeah, which I think didn't they have a link to Russia at one point, or I maybe think not? So. Or was that Kali? I okay. think it was Japanese. Japanese. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And but, was it a rangefinder or an SLR? That was a 35 millimeter SLR. Yeah. Uh, and cool. I think I, it came with three lenses. Uh, it came with like a UV filter and a close-up filter, all in like a little case. Nice. Yeah, it was okay. a nice little package. Okay. There was like a again, we, you know, we were pretty poor and everything. My mom uh, 
had some catalog where you made payments each month and then you could get it. Okay. You know, like uh, mail order layaway, I guess. So that's how she got it. Wow. Yeah. And where would you develop your film or, or send your I film out? I took it to, there was, um, so in Vineland, there was a camera shop, which I believe still exists. TNF camera. TNF, they're still there. TNF yeah. still yeah, exists. Yeah. 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 I, mean, I, don't know, I don't know if it's the original building. Or no, no, it's no, not. It's moved. Okay. It's it used to be right on Landis or something, yeah. right? Yeah. Now it's on Telsey. Yeah, because I remember them even from our class road days. I remember like that was a thing. Like People would drive down to Vineland just to, to get whatever, stuff. get stuff from the Closer than TNF. Philly. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's very cool. Wow. All right. Um, how about you, Jerry? Do you have any questions? Or oh, Gerald. Do you have any questions for Jerry Gerald. about violent yeah. growing up in violent since you also grew up, grew up in, violent. in violent different, different years though, I guess, right. Um, Separated by a year or two or three. Yeah. But, um, you guys go to the same high school? Finland's, we must have. It, that's one of those weird things. Like we, I don't think we knew each other at all no. in high school. We met in college. And we, which, and, and looking back, that seems so strange that we must, we must have seen each other and like, it's it's a small town. I mean, it's I a huge town, but it's no one. Li- it's empty. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that you it's know, for for being out in yeah. sort of like the country or whatever, right. Finland's. Right. I remember graduating class had to be like close to a thousand yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Mine was over like a thousand or a little more. So yeah. Okay. I couldn't really know anybody. They bust everybody in from all around. Yeah. Yeah. It was the only high school. Interesting. Public But uh, story. The well, f- photographically speaking, or. Uh, well, just in general, I mean, I know. Um, so you guys didn't cross paths no. in high school. No, um, it was Glassboro. Okay, Glassboro so State like College, now Rowan jump, University. Yeah, we yes. should jump to <laughs> Rowan slash Glassboro State College. Um, yeah. So when you came in, I mean, when did you meet Jerry for the first time? Do you remember running into Jerry? We, I think we had a class together. I don't remember which one it was. Was well, were we you were in? Just a, talking about the logic one, right? Yeah, it might have been that. I don't know. We did not have logic class together, okay. but we might have had um, religions of the Eastern world. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Where he taught completely different. Yes. Okay. So the same professor that taught. Whit- Whit- yeah. Whitmore? Whitcraft. 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 Professor Whitcraft. He looked like a wizard. Jack Whitcraft. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, he, and in logic class, he was, the whole class was laid out very regimented and logical. And then in religions of the Eastern world, he'd yeah. come in and he'd be like sitting on his desk, you know pretzel legs and yes. you know, just have like talks and stuff okay totally different teaching style i, I remember that was the first thing that impressed me like wow this guy's like either a genius or crazy yeah it was kind of like like um dao de shing i was just gonna say yeah like uh, reading playing gary snyder tapes or something or who knows what or uh, if you stand dao. on your tiptoes you're not very steady huh <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> it was a great class. Yes. Okay. But then, um, so we hit it off because we were both like, you know, kind of weird hippie yeah. philosopher types. And um, and I remember at one point he invited me to a party. He's like, hey, I'm going to this party, you know, you want to come? Okay, yeah. And uh, it was, uh, what was the name? The, the apartments where it was towards Delcy Drive from the Mansion campus. Park. What was it? Mansion Park? Yeah, maybe. And But like a bunch of guys, I don't know if you live there, but a bunch of people live there. So... We yeah. uh, go to a party and it's Lee and yeah. Frank, Frank and that whole crowd. Yeah, Park. Yeah. And I remember yeah. walking in the door and that song "People Who Died" was playing. Yeah, Jim Carroll, yeah, of course. And Jim people, Carroll, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah Jim Carroll. That was Lee's thing. And, yeah, yeah, and everybody's yeah. jumping up and down on the furniture <laughs> and the coffee table, and people are drawing on the walls, on the walls and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just I like, I literally remember this, party. "This is awesome." <laughs> yeah, that changed my life. Actually, that party changed my life. That one. <laughs> So I mean I I don't remember if I mentioned that party or not. I I think I I may have 
like I, I definitely remember seeing you around campus. Um, I remember seeing you on your bicycle. I remember seeing you, but and I think I maybe met you through Didi, who we just were mentioning earlier today. Yeah. 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 So yeah, when I was the I was, Didi connection. I was talking about, you know, it was years before I shot another uh, photograph I really liked. I mean, mean, maybe two years, whatever. But it was actually Didi. So I took a photography class in college, you know, intro to photo or whatever. And uh, we were shooting black and white and learning to develop it ourselves and all that stuff. And I was friends with Didi from high school. And uh, so I talked her into being my subject. She was my model. And uh, there was a spot on campus that was like, you know, lots of greenery and a little bench and there's vines on a wall and all that sort of stuff. So I had her sit on the bench reading a book and I took some pictures and I, the way I had her like sitting on the bench, her legs were kind of coming out, kind of making, you know, that L shape or whatever. And, um, or almost like an S and, uh, you know, I developed it and I was like, wow, you know, this looks cool. I like this. I, it, I felt like I captured the mood that I saw there. Mm-hmm. And that's when you do that, that, you know, you get the bug in you for any kind of creative endeavor. So yeah, I was hooked at that point. Awesome. So, I mean, a that, that lot, a lot of questions, but uh, so, I mean, I don't want to, we can zigzag as well too, okay. yeah. but um, we'll come back to Glassboro for sure. I'm, I'm sure in many, many ways. Um, so photography obviously was one of the passions, you know, uh, that, that, and that's one of the, you know, one of the things we love, I really want to talk to you about today, but obviously it wasn't the only one, you know, like, like, like artistically, like you said, you had this sort of vision. Is that me? Feedbacking? Um, you had this sort of vision that in some ways as a filmmaker, right? Um, but at the same time, um, you were, I would imagine you were influenced by certain films as well, you know? Oh, yeah. Like I, I yeah. mentioned Kubrick earlier when we were talking. <clears throat> so, and it's funny because I didn't find out until many years later that Kubrick was an advertising photographer. I had really? no idea wow. about that, wow. but right. I loved right. his films because the frame was just always, you could just see it, you know? Like even before I had the words to describe it, I could see that the frames, the way he set up a scene was just so precise. Everything was where he wanted it. Mm-hmm. And, and I just, well, that blew my mind. And uh, I guess I first noticed it in 2001 because he did so much symmetrical stuff in that. You know, there's the scene with the, mm-hmm. the waitress on the spaceship and it's, it's a circular hallway and everything. And normally when you would learn about composition, they were always like, you know, don't center things. Don't right, make it symmetrical. Right, you right. want to have movement in there. Yeah. And, and I totally, you know, I get that. But for some reason, there was something about that symmetrical thing that Kubrick did that I liked. So I, re- I actually remember having, you know, the rebellious thought in my head, like, no, I'm going to make symmetrical stuff. And I actually got in trouble in like a sculpture class at Glass Pro 4 because he was like, so like, it can't be, you know, it has to be, it can't, we're making a sculpture and it had to work from no matter how you laid it down. That was part of the project. A good project makes sense, but I wanted it to look a certain way from, you know, so I basically had like a stand and he made me like get rid of that stand. So all I did really was like sort of drill away inside so that stand was hollow so I could still put it down, <laughs> you know, it's still the way I wanted it to look. But yeah, I like that symmetry. And uh, looking back on it, I think it's because, uh, you know, I had ADD and was so, sorry, I was about to curse. <laughs> you so, can curse. It's, oh, it's, it's totally fucking okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> I was so fucking chaotic that I think I was looking for something that, you know, it was rigid and symmetrical without feeling like overbearing rules on top mm-hmm. of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I hated authority and stuff. I hated being told what to do. So I think that that's part of what got me into that Kubrick look. And then, of course, I brought that into anything I did. Like, I, 
in high school, I was an art major, uh, you know, mostly into drawing. So that doesn't I, surprise me. Yeah, yeah. No. Okay. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I even did that with my drawings. I was always doing things that were almost like mandalas or something. You know? Right. Yeah. Right. That kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, cause one of the things would, um, I wanted to get into later on, which I don't want to jump ahead, but, but I mean, when we, you know, when, when we, when you finally went digital later on and you had the ability to reshape, um, yeah. you know, those faces and reshape the shadows and reshape the highlights and reshape even, and essentially redo the makeup in a way. Yeah. Um, you're lighting even. You're, I mean, you know, it's not, it's not in any way, uh, an exaggeration to say you're, you're working as an artist at that point, you know, like what, what is an artist? Somebody who's literally shaping light and shaping, uh, or physically drawing. Yeah. And, and, and that's something that, that, uh, you took to later on. Yeah. Know? I yeah. totally took yeah. the retouch and there was yeah. always people that complain, that's not photography. And I was like, so, right. You know? right. No, like, art, no, sorry. It's no, it is art. Yeah. Is, yeah, it's art. I was like, yeah, 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 you yeah, might, you, yeah, you, know, you yeah. might be right. The finished product isn't so much as a photograph, a recording of what was there. It's an right. interpretation. Right. I was like, to some extent, though, you're doing that even with straight photography. You, know, right. you choose your your f stop and all that sort of stuff. What's mm -hmm. in focus? What's not? So yeah, but the, you know, categories I, I think often have fuzzy edges. So there's a whole gray area between when does it become a a piece of artwork that you made and when is it a recording of reality? Yeah. Yeah. And I have lots of respect for like photojournalists and stuff that record reality. But my thing was I was trying to make something that to me looked as close to perfect as I could get it. And so I took to that retouching stuff big time. And uh, <clears throat> definitely was, uh, you know, got some views because of it on a site called Model Mayhem that was exploding at the time, getting really big. And just I racked up a lot of views. I never got as famous as some guys. There was a guy out in California. Oh, I forget his name. Alvarez, I think, that mm -hmm. did like a pinup style. He got pretty famous. A few uh, other people I knew got pretty big. But I got big enough that I had a few girls that flew in from other places to shoot with me. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And not to go on a complete tangent about what we're talking about, the retouching. But but um, in preparation today, I was going back uh, a little bit to, I think it was your Tumblr account. And um as early Wait, as you, you, but did you, you still found photos there well yeah yeah well also but as, but even or even just post as early as 2010 you were talking about frequency separation and also yeah. talking about the amazing amount of just blurred faces out there due to people just half-ass you know trying to skin uh smooth skin and at the same time ruining like no texture to the skin whatsoever and not not and and you and you and in your you know so so it's but I'm not saying that was the year you started doing frequency separation, but, but you were in it. And this was like, and I'm sure in 2010, you did not have a YouTube video or barely any no. YouTube videos. In That's what I was going to say. Back then you, yeah. you had to like yeah. read up on it and all that yeah, stuff. Like and, yeah. And, um, it definitely became a lot easier later on once there were YouTube videos for it. And that's, that's cool. I mean, lots mm -hmm. of people can mm -hmm. use it. Although I think sometimes they overdo it. <clears throat> Excuse right. me. Right. Right. You know, they, they over smooth. They, if you smooth so much that the whole contour of the face is gone, that's just horrible. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless that's your yeah. aim. You know, right. you're doing that right. for some reason. Right. 
They're not going back and reintroducing the, the shadows or, or the or the dungeon yeah. burning or anything. There was a lot of that. Yeah. But before that, yeah, there were people that would just blur the face. <laughs> right, like, right, right, right. Horrible. That, that would have been me in 2010. Uh, you know, I would have been like, oh, cool. I, I got I can, rid of the zits. I got rid of the zits. And, 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 and yeah, don't worry about it. It's, it's all smooth. Yeah, because I, uh, I, I was. the cheekbones and the eye sockets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Pretty yeah, much. yeah. You know, so our eyes are a little blurry, whatever, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's cool. So, so going back to, you know, like, say, we all met in college. We were all uh, uh, introduced to many, many things together. Um, but one thing that, um, you know, I recall was that, like, you were obviously fascinated with, you know, visualizing a scene or, or work. Look, it wasn't just about working with a model. Yeah. You were kind of visualizing the beginning, middle, and end in a way, even way back then, you know? Oh, is that is that is that is that more or less? Well, correct? yeah. I mean, that comes from the interest in film. I, uh, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. Definitely trying to create an atmosphere. I just, mm-hmm. I, I was always a fan of sci-fi, and yes. when sci-fi got to the point where the special effects were good enough that you really felt like there was a real environment there. So again, that that pretty much starts with two thousand one, the Space Odyssey, and then uh, Star Wars did it. You know, like I remember seeing a, excuse me, I forget what it's called, the the thing on that big Land Rover thing on. Tattooing, it looks like this huge giant tank thing, and it looked real, it looked like it was really there, right? And uh, I just thought that was amazing. And uh, it's how I explain it it's not just that special effects that look real, it's that the the way it was composed and everything, where you see it off in the distance and then they get closer, and it it just believes. Creates this whole believable, immersive, yeah, immersive. That's a good word. It's happening, yeah, like it's. Yeah, so I definitely tr- was trying to do that more with, you know, the photographs as much as I could in a still photo. Yeah. I mean, try to make it feel like they're, you you just, you stepped into something and here's a shot from something that was happening, you know? Yeah. So when you were still working, obviously we're talking now about, so we're, we, well, we're going to age ourselves a little bit, but when we were together in college, we're literally talking about the mid eighties. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, so there was a long, long, long time, mid eighties, late eighties, early nineties, most of the nineties where you were stuck with shooting film, you know, like the, yeah. there wasn't like, Oh, I'm just going to sneak out of this somehow. So essentially like there really was not even close to any kind of post other than, I guess, like, of course, when you look at your print, you could decide to do it again a little bit this way or a little bit that way or crop. Right. But. Well, I actually, so, you know, I guess this, again, earlier I was saying, you know, I have 80 day chaotic, but I think when it came to photography, I definitely went through a whole big phase where I was a control freak. Oh, interesting. And and okay. got into that. So I read like the Ansel Adams books at the yeah, time, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, the negative, yeah. the, the print. Negative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. negative was really the important one though. Right. right. That that's your your you know, that first document of what you did. That's it. Everything else, it's the blueprint. Everything's made from that. Okay. So you had to make sure you got the most information on that negative as you could. So I read all that stuff. I right. I right. so as a photographer, as a film photographer, I think one of the first things I got a rep for with other people taking uh, photography classes in college was the fact that if you thought you really screwed up when you shot it, there's, you know, give it to Jerry and let him develop it. <laughs> Tell him what you think you did wrong. Like, you know, underexposed. Okay. Like, I, right. I read right. all about selenium tone in the negatives, uh-huh. you know. Yeah, you, 
I don't even remember exactly. You like bleach them and then you selenium them, but you could get out extra detail mm-hmm. and, you know, mm-hmm. push processing. Um, I, I read in the magazines. I remember it was a trick to take film and, uh, you could, uh, you know, push it real far. At, so actually let me back up a little bit. Sure. So sure. when I first would try pushing film, it would look like absolute shit. And, uh, I wasn't sure why. And, uh, I remember in high school, they taught us to use D76, and uh, that's what we used in college, too. And at one time, I think I was in the darkroom, and we were out of D- D76, and somebody was like, oh, I got some HC110. You want to try yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I used it, and I was like, holy shit, this is so much better. I was like, why does anybody even use that other crap? It just, everything was looked so much sharper, and it just came out better. Um, so I... Uh, you know, later I read up on it and found out it's because D76 actually has a bit of a solvent in it that eats away at the edges of the silver, and it, it's on purpose to, to make it look softer or whatever. I was like, mm-hmm. what? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> no. So, you know, once I start playing around with the HC110, it, it's liquid developer, and you could do things to it to make it behave differently, and I found that fascinating. So, for instance, you could uh, use a double-sized tank, you know, like a double reel tank with one reel in it and dilute the HC-110 twice from what you normally would do and take longer to develop it and it would bring out more stuff in the shadows without making the highlights yeah, block all yeah, up. Yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah, I got yeah. all into that stuff. I mean, I used, by the time I was in Philly, I had a notebook filled with all the data sheets from Kodak and wow. Milford and wow. stuff. Yeah. Okay, okay. Oh, the contrast curves and all that stuff. Yeah. God, it's hard to believe now. Looking back on it, I'm so wow, no, <laughs> I'm so lazy now. Yeah, and and were you were you, but you were always still shooting in both color and and black and white. I'm guessing or slides even, or, or was it more for just like you know economy sakes? Were you mostly shooting black and white? Yeah, when I when I moved to Philly, I was like you know I got a warehouse job and was poor, so I was mostly just shooting black and white. And honestly, sure. I, I had tons of roles I I never developed. If anybody ever finds them in the future, it's like <laughs> it's probably like thirty roles or something. Um, <laughs> So yeah, it was mostly black and white. I, I got back into color when um. That's interesting. What? Well, it's just because I mean I associate you as such a color photographer yeah. because yeah. of the last decade or more. But yeah, that's more, interesting. Yeah. So so but so I mean I remember I remember some of your artier pictures, of course, being black and white from that survived from that from the nineties. Yeah. But I didn't realize you were shooting a lot of black and white back then. Yeah, because yeah, really. Yeah, it was cheap and I could develop myself. <laughs> yeah. You know, instead sense. of paying sure. somebody else to do it. Sure. Um, so I got back in the color actually when i saw the cover of a cassette tape and i don't remember the artist but uh it was a girl i think she's dressed in pink you know beautiful blonde in pink and it's out on the street and the street all has that blue tint of like early morning and the colors are just popping like like you could see her lipstick even on a cassette tape you know and her pink is like yeah. pink and i just kept staring at it uh, I, the warehouse i worked in was a, a record and tape distributor you know and every day i'm like picking orders and i see that tape and i went out keeping it in my little spot like i didn't want to like steal it and take it home or anything i didn't even care what the music was on it i just right, would stare right. at that picture and 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 it started haunting me like how'd they do that how'd they get that color to pop you know so eventually i figured out how and in those days, what it was, was uh, somebody, like a few photographers that come up with us, and I don't, I don't even know how, but they're geniuses. You uh, would shoot slide film and then have it processed in negative 
chemicals, and that was called cross-processing. And you, when you did that, it increased the contrast so much, though, you had to really be careful when you metered because you could just wind up with everything all black or everything all blown out and washed out because mm -hmm. of that increase in contrast. But when you did it right, it just made the colors insane, you know, and it almost looked like an illustration because of a all that contrast like mm -hmm. it was mm -hmm. so easy if, if if you shot like uh let's say we're shooting a model standing on a corner right and the sun is kind of towards my back maybe over you know about 45 degree angle or whatever and i have her facing the sun and it's hitting her yep it would make her skin almost pure white but then as it goes away from where the, the light is hitting it you know on the roundness of her legs or her face or something it would go in the shadow and then the shadow would get, be so dark that it would outline so that it made it almost like a drawing, like a drawing. and wow. I was just like, wow. I love this. So I started shooting that and I'm, I think I was the only guy in Philly doing it. So that started getting me some notice. Like people were like, dude, this is awesome. You know? And, uh, mostly with bands. So I shot sure. some bands, sure. models. Yeah. Doing that. Yeah. I, I remember, I mean, we weren't quite as in touch, you know, cause I was, I think I was living in Glassboro, uh, or Pittman or something like that, uh, in, some part of the 90s i think it was yeah i think it was the i mean I, I would imagine you were doing this probably at least five years earlier but i remember like um i forget why or how but but you literally were like yeah get this film this is the film you need make sure you take it over and get it developed as a, a c41 as a, as as, a, as an actual negative so it was but it was slide it's film it was slide like film yeah so you're loading slide film into the camera but you're not developing it as slide so, film you're developing yeah. it as, as if you were shooting regular film positive film and uh, and uh, negative, so sorry, would negative. the would it be a slide or a negative? I mean, would things be reversed or doesn't it matter? Uh, uh, it it's slide film, and yeah, you wind up with a negative. So okay. that's where things would get really complicated because it doesn't have that orange coating that the negatives right. have. Mm -hmm. So people printing it probably wanted to kill me slowly, <laughs> or they would try to correct it too much or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I had it was actually one one of those uh you know. Uh, I don't know if it was one hour photo type place, yeah, but you know, yeah. within like a day or yep, whatever, yep. <clears throat> you get it back. It was not a pro lab, but uh, sure. I started bringing in film and, and uh, on a pretty regular basis. So I was a good customer and they liked me. So they uh, would run my film at the end of the run for, for the chemicals. Like my film would be the last, so it wouldn't mess up the chemicals. And then they would actually work with me and, you know, I'd show them when something was washed out. And I was like, I don't want this, right. you know, right. darken it down because I want the skin to have some tone, like a slight amount of tone. Yeah. So they actually worked with me and uh, wow. it, it worked. And I, I still remember the, the best film at that time for doing it because the skin tones came out really nice was Agfa Chrome. Oh, interesting. Huh. I was I was going to ask cuz I cuz obviously like there's only like one surviving film, slide film that's popular right now. I think it's only like they Kodak brought back Ektachrome. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Agfa's gone. Or Agfa what used to be Agfa's gone. Like the, I think the name has been reused yeah. by I don't know. It's probably coming out of an that's Ilford a big factory thing in the corporate or something. World but now. yeah, yeah, they, they buy actually, brands right. just to have a name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, because Agfa goes way way back with Rodinal and, and, and a whole bunch of a gazillion other films. I think they even made cameras at one time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Agfa slide film. Wow. Yeah, the Agfa Chrome Fifty. Mm -hmm. It was the, wow. the Chrome Ag, 50. Agfa Chrome Fifty worked yeah. great for that. It made beautiful skin tones. It was great on models, and and it it washed out some of the the you know the areas where the highlights were. Ah. So because mm -hmm. basically mm -hmm. so. So it was like post process. 
like retouching in a way. Like it would, all, it would do that. But you left yes, it to because, chance to some degree, I suppose. Yeah, it, well, that's the thing. Like you had to meter like crazy and, so, and you would always make mistakes because it was impossible. So you, you'd always to, make sure you're not overexposing, essentially. Yeah, that pretty blow much. Out the, blow out it, like blow out the skin. But so, so here's the thing, though. You also, you wanted, or at least for the look I was doing, yeah. somebody else might do something different. For the look I was doing, I wanted that skin to be what's called was on the, the shoulder of the contrast curve. So right before it blows out to white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what happens is that the, uh, if you think about it in the terms of digital nowadays, where, uh, you know, if you like shoot a JPEG, there's yes. 256 shades. You wanted those shades right before white because they get compressed. <clears throat> so what it would do is even out skin tones, like a little reddishness or whatever would just all kind of blend together. It would help mm -hmm. make zits disappear. That kind of <laughs> right. thing, you know? So, so flattering. Yeah. And yet yeah. the, the film looked grainy, so it didn't look blurry. Mm -hmm. that, that grain gives it grit, which mm -hmm. is in a way a sort of fake out. And I wound up doing that to some extent later on with the digital stuff. I'd actually right. put noise right. in a photo so that it wouldn't look too smooth. You know? But I would imagine it would still be tricky because if I understand it correctly, isn't slide film less forgiving if you underexpose it too much yeah. or overexpose it too much? Like it, it doesn't have as much. Yeah, that's the much, contrast. That's yeah, what I'm it, it doesn't have it as much. It's so contrasty that. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I had stuff that uh, totally didn't work at the time and they couldn't print. Mm -hmm. And um, it's funny. I actually I, I started uh, photographing some of that stuff with my digital camera and playing around with it. Oh, and cool. then I stopped because other things happened in life. But. Uh, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm going to have to start redoing that because so, so, you know, the fact that I always liked experimenting and trying to learn this new material, I think looking back on it now that we're talking, I'm realizing that was as much of a part of it as really as shooting and all that stuff. I always loved figuring out how the material worked. Mm -hmm. So once I started doing all that cross-processing stuff, I remember one time or maybe a couple of times I got infrared, uh, <laughs> Uh, slide film. Yeah, yeah, I don't even yeah. remember what it was. Wow, wow, I, wow. I'm sure it was Kodak. I yeah, doubt right, anybody right, else even made it. Right, Aerochrome or some some weird name. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I took a model into an abandoned uh, brewery on Girard in uh, Philly yep. and shot her. But the pictures came back. They were just so bad. I couldn't use them. So years later, you know, with digital cameras and everything, I finally, just, just a few years ago, took some pictures of it. I was like, oh, I, I managed to get something to come up. And I was like, damn, this looks cool. Wow. I was so on the right track. The, you could open up the shadows and, and, and recover all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Wow. It's remarkable wow. what you can do with that. Wow. Wow. I think I remember telling you about it at the time because uh, I think you were using a scanner to scan negatives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Chuck, there's this new thing, man, where you, you the digital cameras are so good. You get a good flat, you know, copy lens and you yes. can zoom in, take like, 10 pictures of one negative and yep. you have like the silver crystals like that's how good <laughs> wow, it is wow. yeah, yeah yeah just like stacking uh, the same shot wow I, i'd imagine too especially for a slide that would be really really cool yeah wow so yeah i think i guess i gotta get back into that yeah <laughs> yes you do yes jerry uh, any uh direction where you want to go next or I, I, I have a whole list of stuff to bombard jerry with or, or um jerry jerry no, <laughs> jerry jerry i like that that's it. jerry jerry uh, I don't know. There was a lot of places I wanted to uh, jump in with what, what the other Jerry was, <laughs> what Jerry was talking <laughs> about. The um, no, especially just the um, in the beginning, the people would say it's not photography. It was fun. Just the other day, I was or yesterday, I was looking at your um, Chuck sent me the link for your fashion thing, 
And yeah, it was running through my mind. It, like by default for me, to me, when I think photography, I just think photojournalism type stuff or just landscape. Yeah. And, but no, you can't say it's not photography. It's, 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 I don't know what it is. It's amazing. <laughs> it's art. Right. It's uh create, it's, cre- it's creating in a way that, I don't, it just made me start questioning a lot of things that I have no answers to, but um, it's, it bugged me to, to know that there was people saying it's not photography. That's, that was, uh, that's uh, was, in other words, when, when the initial, uh, so yeah, cause, cause I guess, I guess, I guess computers were still so slow or, or, or whatever. Not everybody had the tools wait, you know, or never, or never even the desire, but I suppose at some point everybody started shooting digital by the end of the noughts. Yeah. So as we approach 2009, 10, more and more people were using and sharing this information. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then, and then retouching took and off. Took off. Yeah. yeah. So it actually went from yeah. being like a thing that I think the majority of people didn't like, or majority of photographers in forums and stuff to something the majority of photographers and forums were doing right, uh, to right. something that became basically like, like a cliche, if anything. And to the point now where you're on your phone apps, you know, people have stuff that changes their yeah, faces, filters. make them look younger. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that actually comes out of that from yeah. the people that were doing all the retouching back in the, you know, early two thousands. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. even in dark rooms, um, black and white with burning in and dodging, burning and, I mean, and dodging. That's, I mean, yeah. That's, yeah. Or, or uh, I remember finding um, uh, in a photography magazine pictures of Marilyn Monroe that weren't the typical pictures of her, you know, smiling, blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, it's like I remember names. That Milton guy that shot her. He oh, sh- Stern? Is it- or no, no, Milton got somebody else. Because yeah. Stern was one of the guys who I think worked with one of the last guys to work with her. Nah, yeah, no, no not him. Okay. I mean, I, I, I like his stuff too, but no, right. this was Milton something or something. Milton. Yeah, black and whites, I guess. But yeah, he shot black and whites. Yep. And so it had that high contrast look and he shot her against black and her skin tones are real white and it's in focus, but there's like this milkiness to it, you know? And uh, I think that was actually the first high contrast images I saw where I was like, Oh, I like this, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I don't know if it was in the article or if I found out later that what he did was he put a stocking over the the lens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that, it, it, the the trick though was that he used a black stocking. So instead of it taking the highlights and really blowing them out, it just did this general sort of smoothing. And in the case of shooting her with stark light against the black background, it made the shadows kind of come in. And you know, me with my goth sensibilities, I guess that's what I dug. I, I liked the fact that it looked like the darkness was going to eat her. Right. <laughs> you know, it was coming. Wow. Yeah. Well, wait, let's pick up on the goth stuff. So, so obviously, uh, you know, throughout uh, whether you and, and you know whether you've been working as a pro photographer, whether uh, and you've been doing photography like we as we talk about this journey from from film, 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 and embracing digital. Um, but at the same time, you've always been passionate about not just listening to music, um, playing it very, very loud as we were talking about earlier, <laughs> um, but even but disc jockeying up as and well. Down my yeah, yeah, DJing as well. Not, not like, but I'm just curious. Like, the, was it like is it in your head a kind of culture that goes in like is it a full circle of a kind of culture in a sense that you would be maybe dancing or listening to music that you like or making a, a DJ mix of something and at the same time this lends it to your creative photography in any way like do, do these two are these two just sort of like one kind of just as 
different or do you see them as sort of uh, blending in any way or, or, or feeding off each other, you know? I mean, obviously, we're talking visual versus music, but, but yeah. I always seen you as like those are, you've always had just as much of a passion in a way for, for music. Yeah, like, yeah like you, definitely. You didn't, you didn't just like certain music. From I never learned I to play you an instrument. Love certain stuff. But yeah, I always loved it. Hung yeah. out with bands, all that stuff. I, I, I hung out with, you know, after I moved to Philly, yeah. my friends had a punk rock band called, um, uh, oh, here we go. Uh, Electric Love Muffin. There oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, I, I hung yeah. out in the studio with them one time while yeah. they were recording and everything. Yeah, I just love all that Gigs stuff. Gigs at the and, Revival, I remember that. Yeah, I used yeah. to, you know, well, all the time. I practically lived in that place. Um, so I would say that all that, the styles of music that I like definitely influenced photography because I like, uh, you know, what later became called goth. But okay. at the time, we just called it dark music. And would the fashion indicate, was it? Was there, was there an overlap there? Like, in other words, would you be out, say, at a club? Because, you, I mean, unlike, like, even in our 20s, a lot of us acted like old men. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like we never went clubbing in our 20s. Yeah. Some of us, some of us, like, I'm one of them. Um, <laughs> but, Jerry, you always were. You were yeah. always in, you know, at the time was a really cutting edge sound environment with, with at least at that time was, I guess, I mean, we could look back and maybe laugh at some of it, but at that time, cutting edge fashion, you could say to some degree. Oh yeah, definitely. Where else that's, would you show that's that what I loved stuff about off except Philly. for the club? Yeah. That, that, yeah. that move into Philly. Uh, it was just that there were all these different types of people. You'd go out to the club revival at the time or the kennel club, uh, basically more, more post punk than punk, I would say, but yeah. yeah, all that stuff blending together. And yeah, there'd be some punks and there'd be some new waivers and there'd be uh, the early versions of goths and normal people and just that, uh, just, you know, different genders and gender blending and just everything. Sure. And uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely interesting to me the way people used their, uh, the way they, they made themselves look was almost like a, a advertisement or a warning or, you know, it was like a way to <laughs> communicate right. who they are, w what they're into and all that sort of stuff. Like instantly, you know, you look at that guy and he's like all dressed in black and has white makeup on. And you know, you're like, yeah, he's going to like Bauhaus and all that sort of stuff. Maybe not specifically Bauhaus because maybe he'll be like, oh, they sold out. You know? <laughs> I listen to yeah, March right, Violets right, now. Right. But, what, but you get what I'm saying. Do it for yeah. me anymore. What? If Mr. Peter Murphy doesn't do it for me anymore. Yeah. Um, or whatever. Um, he is from Bauhaus, right? I, I, yes. Okay, yes. there you go. Yeah. Reference. I, I, don't, I don't even listen. I know, I, know, I know a tiny bit about Peter Murphy. Um, so, yeah, that the stuff definitely influenced me, uh, um, you know, to some extent. But, uh, like, basically the darkness. Okay. So, okay. Uh, I like things that had darkness to them because it seemed to me that mainstream society too much tries to pretend that stuff's not there. And, and it is all the dark parts of, of society from, you know, depression to uh, murderous people or whatever to, you know, child abuse. It's not like I want to like uh, live in that stuff, but it just seemed to me that if you denied it, then it just continues. And so even though that kind of started out as almost like a philosophical thing, it's weird because eventually the, the philosophical part of it almost gets lost and you're just into it as a uh, um aesthetic mm -hmm. yeah. you know and, and and i noticed that it, later with goth in the 90s and stuff that bothered me as i guess any kind of social movement can become just a empty signifier you know so yeah and it was just mm -hmm. oh i'm a vampire <laughs> 
So, so obviously at some, I mean, another thing too, like I was alluding to, like you got into the city life way before anybody I knew and you stayed there more or less, but at, but at the same time, you're, yeah, you're from South left. Jersey at heart. You still oh, yeah. would I come love back. Nature. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Right. And anytime right. I had a car, I would still, you know, get in the car and drive and come down here to South Jersey and hike in the woods. Yeah. Still yeah. around Vineland, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is, you know, I mean, I, 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 you know, the theme of the show is bringing it all back home, but, but I, it seems like that, you know, like you never really left it in some degrees. Like some people are like, well, once I get out of whatever, once I get out of Linwood, New Jersey, I'm never coming back or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like once I move to the city, I'm never coming back. And, and I don't, I, you know what I mean? Like, like it's yeah. a kind of like, a, a, you know, or oh, yeah, once I move to New York city, forget it. Like, you know, the pretentiousness goes up to here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like I'm never leaving New York city or what have you, but, but no, I think it, it seemed to me like you always worry, but you've always still embraced parts of the, yeah, the I nature mean, I, stuff. You know, if I like something, why would I all of a sudden stop liking it? Unless, yeah. you know, sometimes yeah. you grow out of things, but sure. Excuse me. I always thought that was really strange. Like even in high school, I had a few friends that got into like, you know, new wave. Uh, I don't know if I call it punk, but, they, you know, they got into like B-52s and stuff like that. And right, right. They uh, all of a sudden started, you know, changing their hairdos and all that stuff. And some of those people would take their old, you know, Led Zeppelin albums yeah, yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah, and like yeah. break them or yeah, light them yeah, on yeah, fire yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you liked that two months ago. <laughs> and now you're you're burning it. Like yeah. that's just stupid. Like yeah. I every every the hippie punk dilemma yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah, all along yeah, the way yeah, every time yeah. i i learned these new things i would like it but i didn't necessarily stop liking what, the other what? stuff so right. yeah i was like well i you know i was liking sex pistols and liking led zeppelin and then liking Bauhaus when they came along and then you know i got in all the synth pop stuff like erasure and new order and all that yeah. stuff i yeah. just liked it all and that's what i say that's why i love that club he walked in and it was just about every, every kind of person you could imagine other than like a farmer. Or <laughs> there was no man. Amish at this point. <laughs> <No. laughs> Movie stars though, usually lurking in the shadows, trying yeah. not to be seen. Yeah. <laughs> in the darkness. Yeah. I remember like looking at somebody one time being like, wait, that's Rob Lowe. <laughs> Smoking a cigarette against the wall, much like Lee would. <laughs> Okay, I have another question too. Like, so uh, you've had a studio, um, you know, and 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 obviously uh, all year round, any time of year, any time of day, you could work in a studio. That's one of the beauties of having a studio. You have a controlled yeah. environment. You don't have to wait until the light is just right outside. But at the same time, some of my favorite shots um, were absolutely outside. You know, like you 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 had this thing. If I recall, talking about you would be scouting locations in Philly. You yeah. would be like seeing okay, this is going to work great with, uh, uh yep. Yeah, I, I, like you're literally like vis- pre-visualizing, um, maybe not, even, maybe not to the point of like the hair and makeup and the outfit, but, but maybe in some cases that's that too, but yeah. you were literally seeing the lighting or, or the, or the geometry or the, 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 where you could position or compose the shot. Yeah. So obviously, you know, started out shooting out in the real world and, uh, but, uh, I guess, I believe that to be a professional and, and I wanted to shoot models and, uh, you know, I decided I had to be able to do the catalog look and all that sort of stuff. Okay, so sure, sure. I got decent at shooting the catalog look and shot some catalog stuff and everything. And, uh, it was a learning process, you know, especially the, the back in the day, like trying to shoot the whole plain white backdrop and having it reproduce correctly as white everywhere. And yet the model not washed out and all that stuff. That was that was a real bitch to learn. Right. Again, right. you had to be very exact. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah. um, and there were no videos <laughs> telling you how to do <laughs> right, it. Right. And even when he would interview photographers, they might give some hints, but they wouldn't give it away. Right. Never. Oh, right. <laughs> I bought, I would, you know, buy books, read magazines. Nobody ever really explained how the, the real nuts and bolts of how they did it. They were not giving their secrets away. And that's a, a time though when photography was hard to learn and very expensive. So people invested, you know, they had invested, invested a lot of time and energy and money into it. And if you got good and you were making money, you were making good money. Like advertising photographers made, they, you know, they were living high on the hog. Mm -hmm. um, that changed basically, you know, once digital really took off because it democratized everything. And then that also brought down prices a lot. Um, so anyway, I learned a, you know, the studio stuff. But once I had the studio stuff more or less down, I got interested in shooting outside again. Yeah. And, uh, and my very first digital camera, uh, what the hell was that? Uh, ah, it's gone. It was, uh, one of the early Nikons. It was six megapixels <laughs> and the highlights would blow out so wow, easy. I wow. remember I hated it, but it was so just convenient, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I remember, I remember wow. when I was like, man, this thing has no exposure latitude. There was nothing <laughs> right, you could do. Right. It was just right. nothing you could do like you could with the film, you know? And it pissed me off. But um, I, you know, used it anyway and just tried to, to work with it. So I would go out and scout locations and try to, like, get a hazy day so things wouldn't get too blown out yeah. and try to shoot. Yeah. And I would almost always have some basic ideas of what I wanted in it, you know, like girl in a pink dress against the green, you know, Ivy, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It shot Audrey kitchen like yeah. that, except she wasn't feeling well that day. So we got two looks in there and then had to go back to the studio. I was so mad. I was so, I wanted to strangle her. <laughs> I remember, I think I, well, I, I vaguely remember at least one of those shoots. Cause I, um, I think, I mean, I think even the one you're talking about. Yeah. Like in the sense that, um, I don't know. There was there was a shoot where I left I left a, one of the 105 lenses, uh, manual lens, and I, I seem to recall that you at least used one of them on one of your Audrey shots. But maybe I'm oh, making. Oh no, actually, that does yeah. Is that ring a bell? Yeah. Is that ring a bell? Yeah, yeah. And it's fine, right? Because that's what you're. I mean, you're not. You're using the precursor right now, the the non AI. But that was like an AIS uh, 105. Ah, yeah, yeah, I totally forgot about that. Man, know. you have a good memory for detail. Well, I was looking at the pictures. I was cheating. I was <laughs> I was literally going through. But yeah, Audrey uh, as uh, as one of the models. Um, yeah, I mean, I I I mean, as somebody just getting started, um, I didn't even know where to begin with studio stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I think like it's 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 incredible. Like, it, even with the YouTube, well, again, we there's like a, almost like a before YouTube and after YouTube in yeah, a way it was just so much. Is. Like there was a small amount of, of lighting tutorials, but it's no surprise that like even now, um, I still subscribe to like Adorama's, uh, whatever, uh, YouTube channel. And they're still doing short little videos on working with a speed light, working with one speed light or working with one umbrella or just, mm -hmm. just to, to help people. Cause there's so much intimidation because as you, you know, if you start shooting with natural light and you at least get comfortable with the gear to some degree, and maybe you bought a prime and you're even happier now that you can get the so-called, you know, portrait mode effect, the bokeh stuff, 
there's still this whole thing with speed lights and strobes that you're just like, ah, <laughs> like it's so intimidating yeah. because like you said, like everybody who's good at it doesn't want to talk about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they don't want to talk Secret about knowledge. it. Secret knowledge. Yes. Yes. You, you must not reveal what, what goes on here. That umbrella's um, at yeah, 23.2 degrees. <laughs> exactly. And it involves math. <laughs> if you really want to go that far, start talking about ratios. Um, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, actually, yeah. I remember I got videotapes from a, uh, what was his name? Maybe Dean Collins. I'm not sure oh, if well. I have that right. Okay. How two videos. And, <clears throat> That was one of the things that got me into the studio stuff was watching his videos. And he would show you how to make cheap versions of things. So, you know, when you shoot product photography and sometimes models, you want this like real even light. And so, uh oh, hold on. Throat's gone. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, they would make soft boxes for that. And soft boxes yeah. back in the day would yeah. be like a grand. You know, they were right, just right, unbelievably right, right, expensive. Right. Yeah. So he the showed official that. Paul Buff softbox for only a grand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that's yeah, later. Yeah. But yeah. um, so Dean Collins made these videos where he showed you like you go to fabric store and you mm -hmm. pick up a ripstop nylon and you stretch it over PVC pipe and you can make this frame and shine the light through that and everything. It was huh. good stuff, like really informative. Yeah. But it was a whole series, so you had to you know give you pieces and you had to buy more videos. But still, it helped a lot. And I remember it'd be like pictures like a, a watch on a piece of slate with the light just hitting it just right, you know. And uh, he'd show how you had like a big diffuser and then another smaller diffuser on top of that with the light shining halfway through both and how it created this drop-off, you know. And he, he, he'd give you technical stuff that you just didn't get in the magazines and stuff, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. the difference between a diffuse highlight and a specular highlight. I'd never heard that until I got his videos. So that guy was gold. I mean, deserves to be, you know, like a saint. <laughs> I don't even care if he got rich off those videos. He's like a saint for teaching that shit. So yeah, um, I forgot why I brought that up though. Sorry. No, that's no, all good. It's all good. Um, so yeah, one of the things like, obviously you, you know what, like any, uh, you, you did so many different types of, you've been doing so many different types of photography, but, but it seemed like there was certain eras where you were working with certain models uh, over and over again. Is that, am yeah. I right? Audrey so, Kitchen for a while. Yeah. So her, and my BB, one, I guess, right. Uh, hmm? BB was one of them or Atomic. Yeah. I'm going by their model mayhem. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Guess. BB so, for a while. Yeah. It was a little later. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, Jade Vixen. Jade. Yeah. 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 Big time. Mostly latex with Jade. Right. But, um, yeah, so Audrey, I first shot her. She didn't even have the pink hair yet that she became famous for. She had blue hair. And I just remember, she's like real petite little thing, but really pretty, energetic, intelligent, you know. And we shot. And, you know, I, I, I don't know how it even came up, but we were like talking about like modeling, alt modeling, all that stuff. And she basically became a model because she wanted to be famous. And... She wanted to be famous because her boyfriend was in some band from Jersey that became big, really blew up. Okay, like an emo band or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the early ones. Okay, I don't remember okay. the name, but they're okay. from Jersey. Right, and, no, uh, I'm thinking Jersey emo. It's gotta be. Yeah. Especially though. Yeah, go ahead. Go. So they're on tour. Like She's in the bus, and he like breaks up with her because <laughs> he's famous now. So, you know, you know, so she has to like get back home. Yeah. She was basically like, fuck that asshole. I'm going to be famous. And that's well, what she, and well, she did it to, right. I mean, not superstar, but no 
famous enough to the point where I, I'll never forget that. Uh, I uh, I think it was still the MySpace days. Might have been Facebook. Right, right, right. But I put up a picture of Audrey, and my niece was like. Uncle Jerry, you know Audrey Kitchen? <laughs> I was like, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I actually wound up being able to take her to meet her and everything, which was awesome. <laughs> yeah, and I imagine, like, so So we're talking, like, the end of the noughts, I guess, like, 2007, 8, 9-ish, maybe, or even a little bit I'm later. I'm so I'm, horrible I'm, or I'm guessing maybe time, even a little bit further, but, but or maybe uh, 2010, 11. But, but all the same, like, she was probably one of those people that, had there been Instagram at that time, it probably would have blown up. Oh, yeah, she more. almost had an MTV yeah. show. Wow. Yeah, wow. they were wow. in negotiations about it and everything. Yeah. And it was big in Japan, I guess. Or <laughs> whatever, right? Wasn't yeah, that, well, so that, there's that's that, the look my that most they kept probably imitating. famous photo is of her. She, uh, and, and full credit to her, she shows up at the studio, and now she's got the pink hair, and uh, she brought a whole box of donuts. And she's like, I want to do some with these donuts. Like, I don't know, maybe try bouncing them on my head. I'm like, uh, okay. <clears throat> so... <laughs> I'm looking at the donuts, and uh, there was something going on with the, you know, Phillies football team, the Eagles at the time. So there were like green and white jimmies on them, and I'm like, "What the fuck am I going to do with this?" And, um, <laughs> but I decided to uh, have her dress all in pink. You know, she would bring clothes and stuff, so she's all in pink with her pink hair, and I sh- I put up a pink backdrop too. So it's all very monochrome, shades of pink, <clears throat> with these donuts and she was bouncing them on her head i'm basically taking like a headshot like a you know just below the chest up with her bouncing these these donuts on her head several times and each time of course eventually the donuts would fall and we'd pick them up off the floor and start over again with the donuts all bounced on top of her head and the shot i wound up using was the one that was literally right before they fell and so there's just that weird balance to it even though it's a still photo you can feel Feel that there's Mm -hmm. some kind of movement there Mm -hmm. and the very next photo is her hands out and the donuts fall you know and uh i wound up getting rid of the green so this is one of those early retouching things right Right. and it was since it was such a stark green compared to everything else it was easy in photoshop to change it to pink i made it match everything so it was kind of monochrome but it all worked and uh that picture just traveled all over the world and yeah in asia they loved it i would <laughs> right, find right, over and right, over again right. memes and stuff created where people put writing over it and everything you know uh, uh yeah I, different language i don't know what they were saying but i would see it over and over again and people were using copies of copies and copies so i just watched like the jpeg quality get shittier and <laughs> shittier and shittier but still i was like flattered i was like wow that photo really traveled that's awesome <laughs> and if i have a, a famous photo that would be it. <laughs> oh, well. I would say second famous would be my pictures of Jade because she took off. So what, I mean, the, now was Jade always associated with the latex thing or was that, the, was that something that kind of came no. later? <clears throat> so uh, the, uh, the prison that you can tour in Philly, how's that called? It's ancient prison. Yeah. Um, yep. The Eastern Penitentiary. Eastern, yeah, Eastern State Penitentiary. Yep. So when I first moved to Philly with Lee, that place was abandoned. I remember we discovered it by accident just driving around Philly, and we're like, look at this big, huge old prison. Yeah, that's it. Sorry, go ahead. And um, so eventually they opened it up, 
right? Because they were trying to restore it and everything. Yes. And they charge yeah. you money. But yeah. it was literally For- like five bucks and you could just go roam around. It was awesome. Right, right. Sure. So a few of us photographers tried, you know, took pictures there. And uh, I forget which guy did it, but one of, the, one of the photographers around Philly decided to organize a photo shoot thing there where we basically rented it out for the day. And we all wandered around with models and shot. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was pretty awesome, actually. It was great. And you were allowed to roam around a lot more in there than you are now. So for my shoot, I was like, so the walls are all white and everything. So my idea was I wanted to shoot in there and try to blow things out as much as I could. Mm-hmm. And I uh, wanted basically models in uh, black lingerie, thigh-eye stockings, heels, that kind of stuff. And I got, I found Jade, you know, this hot Asian model. And uh, I was like, I got to find another Asian girl, you know, like you. And then I want to shoot you together. And she's like, oh, I'll bring my sister. So she shows up with her sister. And they're all done up. They look absolutely great. So I'm shooting them at first, just like poses. And I was like, all right, now I want you guys to like stare in each other's eyes, like your lovers or something like that. And they stare in each other's eyes and they start laughing. I'm like, what, what's going on? And they're like, uh, we're sisters. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh <laughs> but, uh, I really enjoyed that. And we got along great. She was like mm-hmm. really, sure. uh, very, very intelligent person and we just hit it off like cool quirky sense of humor so over time we just became really good friends we shot occasionally just uh yeah came very close and um but she liked latex she liked it she would collect it she would even like sometimes save up money and buy like an older latex dress because she okay she, you know how people can get into fashion they know designers and stuff she right. knew the early latex designers and, and stuff I don't know much about latex in the sense that, uh, but is it a British or, or European thing? Like, is that is that a thing where, like, if, if you were a model or somebody wanting to wear a lot of cool latex, are they typically getting designers from overseas, or was there an American thing? Like, were there like designers in New York or Philly or, or oh out yeah, there's designers. It wasn't in America, just like you had to be part of some British thing to get. It was into definitely that. more British. Okay, at first. Okay, okay, yeah. that's right. Okay. At least at because. Yeah. Well, I British, don't know the whole the history, Brits but at first, as in like yeah, 90s British and, and early fetish 2000s. sort of sounds similar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not not, not to cast any fetish aspersions on the British, the but it seems like when you think fetish, you think British. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's me. <laughs> Britain and Germany. <laughs> well, there. Yeah, well. So that's one of the right. things I think that, uh, you know, so so I, I shot Jane some of her various uh, latex things. And okay. that I really enjoyed that. And then uh, uh, there was a store on South Street called Passionelle. Okay. That sells like uh, sex toys and fetish outfits and stuff, you know. And they got some latex. So I made a deal with them where they would let me borrow latex for my models and I would let them use photos. I try to always make sure I got a good, clear shot that they could use in mm-hmm. their ads. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome that they let me do that. Um, so, you know, did that for a while. And I really like the latex. It's shiny. It's, shiny, it's got yeah. that, you know, yeah. that plastic right. look to it. And right. it just contrasts good with yeah, somebody's but- skin. The way it pops. Yeah. Right, right. The colors are popping. And it was that a lighting tricky, a tricky thing to light? Like, would there be too yeah. much reflections? So off that's the, the thing. It's like, you know, if you just have random lights or whatever, you don't necessarily see the shape. So you have to think about that, that you're trying to show off the, the three-dimensional shape of the object. So again, we're back to like soft boxes and stuff, you know, and putting them off at an angle so that lights from the side say, you know, and you want to see all that. <clears throat> 
that's when I really perfected the shooting on the white backdrop mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. That had right, because really it, it had to be Show the shape of the latex. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. So she, Jade actually did the hookup with Westwood Bound. Because again, this is, you know, people think models are always stupid or something, or at least not very intelligent. But this is a very intelligent person. And she figured out, you know, to, to uh, she basically talked him into making a deal mm-hmm. where they would send stuff over and she modeled it. And, uh, you know, she started dominating the website. So it, was, it wasn't just me. A couple other photographers shot her too, but mm-hmm. I shot her probably the most. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what they appreciated is that opened up a new market for them in Asia. Because now all these Asian girls are starting to see a picture of this hot, beautiful Asian Now, were these woman. the same people who were following Audrey Kitchen? <laughs> or was it no, different fan base, I probably, guess? Probably different. Okay. <laughs> But they actually, so Westward Bound wound up, uh, you know, making some money in Asia. Although, you know, eventually China started copying everybody's designs. <laughs> wow. Wow. But yeah, I mean, like like that, that look of there's just so much energy to those shots. Not just the latex stuff, but just in general, like your studio stuff is, I mean, people can, I don't know, like the, like the white backdrop and, and, and the so-called, you know, um, nice lighting you know uh, yeah. with a nice model um and and yeah you can you can you can get what's technically a decent shot it, at, at, whether you're a photographer at, at so-called intermediate or, or or pro right but there's not that much energy necessarily and your shots have this energy like like oh, the, nice. i don't know if that's just the way you you edited them like maybe there were some non-energetic ones but there's but always you, non-energetic yeah ones. but yeah. I, mean, I mean like when i if you look at a bunch of jerry bennett photos you you, yeah. you have this like there's like this pop you know and 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 everybody yeah. seems like like invigorated you know the new artist there. whose name i won't come to me and everyone knows the work um posters like not they just remind me of your latex photos. uh vargas yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, now that you said oh, well, that that's yes oh, vargas wow. is a yes. big influence oh wow okay. that's love what vargas. i that's what i was thinking when i was looking at your stuff his yesterday. paintings from yes. uh, like the 40s and stuff yes and the women's legs are ex- ex- extra extended thanks for bringing that up yes my memory's horrible yeah so i love vargas's stuff he made an idolized female you yeah. know for you know, his his idolized female and i have to agree so they you know had these tiny little waist and perky breast and long long legs we okay oh yeah we're doing great we're doing great i'm just sort of looking that's at jade it. i don't know if you've seen her no um wow that's great right that's great. oh yeah 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 absolutely yeah. gorgeous mm-hmm. so yeah in, in some ways we we're similar very logical people um capable of being creative but i don't know if i uh, yeah how much of a the true artist mentality I have like in another life, maybe I would have been an engineer. Cause I think engineers are kind of people that have partly an artist and partly the scientist or math type thing in them, you know, and they managed to meld those two worlds, you know, architects to some extent too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I always kind of thought it was more like that, almost like a Jack of the two worlds instead of a King of one. But, um, so she was similar to that. So, so some models you get and, uh, they just have this like sort of a uh, intuition for it, you know, and they just sort of move and you take pictures while they're moving and you get this beautiful dance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That wasn't Jade. Interesting. Jade oh, instead looked at pictures that she liked and then practiced in the mirror doing those poses. Okay. Like okay. this totally okay. gotcha. like sort of, you know, logical step process. I see. <clears throat> then 
while modeling, she got like upset with people doing her makeup bad. So she learned makeup. Then she realized that she also would ask for certain hairstyles and the hairstyles would fail and she started doing her own hair. Wow. She wound up being so good with hair, like the updo hair, that I would, if I could, if she was around, (laughs) if she was around, I'd try to get her to come do my model's hair if I had an updo because hairdresser after hairdresser would fail. They just couldn't get the hair up as high as it was Mm -hmm. supposed to be, you know? Mm -hmm. And she figured all that out and did it. And working with her was great, you know? a shame that she moved away but um yeah she she was very instrumental in helping me to create those clean sort of looks i like with the white Mm -hmm. uh as far as some of the other stuff goes like you're saying energy part of that's color um part of that is making sure that you uh are having a good time basically Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know you want Mm -hmm. the model to be relaxed and you know enjoying the shoot yeah not where it's too much work i mean modeling's hard work but, uh, you know, I'd have music playing. We'd joke, talk, you know. Uh, for a while, I would have wine, but I had stopped doing that at one point. <laughs> so we drank like a gallon. Um, <clears throat> well, it's hot under, the, under those lights. So. Yeah. Yeah, that was a strange shoot. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, so, you know, it's partly all that. Uh, sometimes, though, it's actually that they are in motion. So mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. like little tricks you do where uh, you have a model – uh, put one foot back and then she kind of like stands up on the one foot and then puts it forward so she doesn't fall you know and you just gotta time it right like you shoot time. over and over mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. until you get it to where she has this feeling of almost floating you know did you see like a progress i mean obviously back in the day you went you got started where you couldn't so-called chimp you couldn't see the photo you you, you just had to trust that you got the photo oh, yeah. back in the film days you know yeah. you you, you you didn't. You didn't have a monitor. You couldn't look in the back of your, your camera. But Hence, all the same, all those Ansel Adams books and learning <laughs> contrast curves and learning everything I possibly could about sure. the film and chemicals. Yeah. But you were working with models shooting film, and you would still have to wait and see. Oh yeah. What it looked like. Oh yeah. yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. But as long as <laughs> as long as the equipment was good, like I'm sure you could tell, just as you were firing. Oh yeah, that's that's gonna be a great one. Yeah, but oh, every yeah, once in a while, one. like I, I mean, I don't know if you ever have this trouble now, but every once in a while, like you know, a roll would come back blank because it never caught. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, rare, you know, maybe once every two yeah, years or something. Yeah, because you go to rewind still... it, you're like, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa. <laughs> yeah, this is not the way it should be rewinding. And there's, there's, there's no you get this like pit in the bottom of your stomach, like, yeah. oh my god, oh. no. <laughs> yeah, you know, oh, so man. yeah, there's problems and yeah, waiting. That's one of the things I think a lot of older photographers, when, when the, the digital came out and you had these new guys learning stuff, uh, there's a, you know, a lot of older photographers like myself had a chip on our shoulder. Cause it's like, Oh my God, we had to like really work hard to learn this stuff. And you guys have a picture on the back of your camera telling you, you, know, <laughs> you caught it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's just progress. Right. And then, okay. So now going into the digital world, I mean, as, as somebody mm-hmm. like, I haven't done that many model shoots at, literally I could, they're probably less than 10, you know, and, um, or work with someone who's a professional model. Uh, you know, I, I managed to be with one, one of your shoots, like with Kira, going Kira. way, way, yeah. way back. But I the train tracks. Yeah, 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 yeah. But one thing I noticed was like, I mean, when you were getting better, when you were still in your growing stage, say, as, as somebody directing a model or just making that collaboration with a model, were you just getting like, was like, was something inside of your head going, this is going to be great. This is going to be great. Like you can, like you can feel it build. Like as they're, as the, everything starts to come together, their expression, your, your, your comp, whatever it is, the lighting. Um, 
because as somebody who was who is still really re- relatively new, like one of the things I found so fascinating about being at one of your shoots, um, even with Phoebe teaching Phoebe to get, was just sort of like um, people who don't, haven't modeled much would be really, really uh, open to suggestions, you know. Yeah. And then once Jerry would put those suggestions in place, as somebody just watching it secondhand, you could be like, that's going to be a great shot. That's going to be a great shot. That's going to yeah. be great. like you could just feel it go. The body language would literally change from that's going to look good to that's going to look great, all from the just the body language, just from just from changing their their positioning. Yeah, you know? that, that's part of the, the magic. That's that's the part that's like cooking or something. Like mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. <clears throat> everything has to come together for it to work, and you know it's great when it does, and it's horrible you can when feel it doesn't. It, you can feel it when it's happening, even if it was filmed. Yeah, well, I mean, I was probably too much of an amateur in the early days, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely eventually I started to be, yeah. Yeah. And and I would be like, oh my God, this is great. This is great. And and they feed off of that. I mean, you know, we like hearing praise and stuff. And so, and especially in the way society was in the past, like, you know, the woman wants to hear that she's beautiful and looks great. So you're saying all that and it's in a controlled environment. It's not like you're in a singles bar trying to pick her up yeah. or something there's other people there so it's all you know feels more i guess legit and safe to be hearing that yeah. that you're doing great you look beautiful that's sexy that's great you know yeah. that's hot that yeah. sort of stuff yeah all right cool so yeah i guess um i say i say we 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 wrap it up here as a kind of part one because I, I i'd love to come back and do another part two as if it you were, think it's you worth know. it yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. i want to listen to more so much <laughs> really? i've learned yes. just from doing yes. it yeah. yeah i guess because it's me i just don't think of it as being all that you know exciting oh, yes no, no. i mean some of it is yeah but yeah but uh but yeah i guess with it, did you want to wrap on anything anything particular you want to wrap up on um dr gerald or or mr jerry uh, i just <laughs> i just want to hear more <laughs> i have no words yeah 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 we can definitely come back and do it again all right cool yeah we could we could do it we could do a part two i mean i'm hoping this will go to at least september or october so maybe with that fall light you know uh, okay yeah that, uh, we'll, we'll have one more you know um i just finding thinking. out where where we you know where it's going you go ahead sure no go ahead no i'm it was totally nothing that anybody on the podcast is going to see. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, Jeff, for coming by. Uh, you know, I've been looking forward to this since I began the podcast. Seriously. Oh, like, awesome. But you've been like a mentor to me, man. Oh, and, and in more ways than one. I used to bug you about like, help, Jerry. I don't know how to do this. Help. <laughs> you know? And you were always generous with your time. You could have easily been like, you know. I don't have time to answer this stupid question, yeah. but you would, man. You well, would. Time is of the essence. That's that time when you came along with Cure. Remember, I had my friend Ken there too. Oh yeah, because yeah, Ken yeah. Would yeah. actually yeah. went the opposite direction. He started off doing studio stuff, but he wasn't used to shooting out on location. Oh, interesting. So he's right, like, Can right. I come and just see, you know, how you're doing things on location? I yeah. Like, yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 All right, cool. Well, anyway, Jared, uh, any last uh, wrapping comments or? Um, well, my, should nope. I uh, promo the uh, 420 thing? Well, <laughs> yeah, but this is going to be going out after that. So, so yeah, so I, unfortunately, uh, yeah, t- time-wise, there's a little bit of a lapse. Cause right, that would be back to the I've got uh, I've got a bunch of episodes already recorded. Yeah, so, so this will probably be coming out in May. But yeah, uh, but yeah, if you want to just just for our own sake. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. I'm good. But yeah, Jerry's got a 420 episode coming out. <laughs>
uh, and just just a matter of hours, practically. You know, yeah. it's what today's in 18th. Yeah, two awesome. two more days. Yeah, yeah, science. Yeah, science <laughs> <laughs> blinded me. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, again, thank you so much. Uh, I uh, we had a couple of diff- technical difficulties getting started, but that, that's only uh, that's only natural. <laughs> um, anyway, this is Charles, and uh, thank you so much, Jerry. Um, thank so, you. So yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll provide a link to uh, some of your stuff, Jerry Bennett photo, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks. Bye bye.